Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 is toward the end of a paper Bible. Uh, You can use your smartphone. Hebrews chapter 4 will be in some verse. Let's see. We're going to be in verse 14 in a minute. But we're going to begin by considering the power of advice. The power of advice. Ready? Good or bad. How many of you know bad advice is powerful? It's just powerful the wrong way. Going to start with from a website called thoughtcatalog.com. They did some kind of a survey of people and ask them to share what's the worst advice anyone's ever given you. And there were uh, dozens of responses. Here are a few that caught my attention. World's worst advice. Here was, credit cards are free money. (laughs) Quit, here was somebody, this was what they listed. Quit taking your antidepressants cold turkey. Apparently that didn't work out well. Number three, this one made me laugh. Your your academic advisor knows what they're doing. Ah! Ah! I've heard this advice before. Do what you love and the money will follow. I guess apparently not necessarily true. Uh, go to a Christian school to meet a nice man to marry. I think one more. Is there one more? Wearing a Superman cape will make you fly. Can I get just a little more? Can I get me just, or just pay attention to that? Uh, um, examples of horrible advice. But all advice isn't bad. I was thinking the first piece of great advice that came to my mind when I was just thinking about the power of advice came from some family friends some years back. Scott and Kim Griffey told my wife and I when uh, we were just beginning to raise a family, here was the counsel they gave us. They said, don't just raise kids that you will like, but raise kids that other people will like. And I don't know how many times... That helped us, I think, deal with situations. I'll go spiritual on you. Here's some of the Bible verses that came to my mind when I was thinking of great advice from the Scripture. Ephesians 4.26, Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. That's great advice. Proverbs 29.11 describes fools... Give full vent to their rage. When I first memorized that verse, uh, the translation I used, it said, a fool gives full vent to his anger. But the wise bring calm in the end. Here's one you may not know. Proverbs 18, 17 describes this. In a lawsuit, the the first to speak seems right. Until someone comes forward and cross-examines. Is that not true? 
like in an argument situation, you have somebody will be talking and you'll be, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the other person will say, oh, yeah, but. And then you'll go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the, the other, and you can go back. And it reminds me regularly when I'm listening to someone trying to make a point, there's always another side to the story. It's just wisdom to remember the power of advice. So here's a question for us to consider. Where do I go for advice? Pause and think about it in your own life. Where do I go to get advice? And what we're going to jump to is I hope that one of the ideas that comes to your mind is God. Go to God for advice and wisdom. We are, we are beginning our Christmas series this weekend, and the series is called Unwrapping Christmas, and our topics are going to be driven by a text in Isaiah chapter 9. It's actually on this slide. It says, for, for to us a child is born, and a lot of us probably have heard this during Christmas time. For us, a child is born. Let's go to the next text, which gives us a bigger section. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, this is kind of a famous section, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many of you have heard that verse mentioned, right? It's kind of this Christmas thing. Those four titles for Jesus Christ are going to be our four topics for the next four weeks. So today we're going to talk about how he is a wonderful counselor. And we're going to learn from Hebrews chapter 4. Pay attention to the background of this text that I'm going to describe because uh, it's important to interpret the text correctly. So the writer is speaking to a group of people who have regular experience with a high priest or a priest. Now, for some of us, we have experience with a priest because we grew up Catholic, but for some of us, we may not have a lot of, all right? So in this text, when he talks about a priest or a high priest, they all would have a picture of, oh yeah, you know, I know the priest. The priest is where you go to get wisdom or God's will or advice or counsel, much more than even today where we have professional counselors. You know, the priest would have been the most educated person around. Now, the other thing about the text is when it mentions high priest in this text, it is specifically talking about Jesus Christ, who is our high priest. He's our mediator between us and God, okay? So, here's what it says. Hebrews 4, 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace 
to help us in our time of need. So today we're talking about Jesus being a wonderful counselor. That's the title of the talk. And uh, I'm going to give you a couple reasons to, in, a situ in whatever situation you find yourself in, look for, pursue, lean into getting God's advice or wisdom. It's the best thing that we can do. Now, just before I pray, probably two groups of people in the room. For one of us, uh, one group, it's, these are going to be reminders. But they're really helpful to, so that, you know, sometimes as a follower of Jesus, I, I drift, and I start to pay more attention to Google than I do God. Does that make sense? You know, I think for most of, is anybody here? You, you know, like, you, you set your course on the pat. No one's here. It's just me and you, buddy. But, you know, it's, we have to be reminded and adjusted to go, oh, okay, wait, we need to get back here to the, the Bible might call it the straight and narrow or the right path, right? So for some of us, it'll be a reminder. For some of us, you might be just exploring God or Jesus or the Bible, all that stuff. And I, my hope is that it will give you reasons to go, I think I'm, I'm going to check out this God stuff. I'm, I'm going to try to wander toward a personal relationship with Jesus because he is an amazing counselor. So let me pray, and then I'll give you a couple ideas. Hey, can I do something different before I pray? I'm actually not praying now. I tricked you, didn't I? <laughs> is, it any, is anybody here, uh, it's your first time with us at the vineyard, and you're just willing to wave? I'm not going to have you stand up or do it or come. Anybody, it's your first time here at the church, just wave, really? Because I'm just going to include you. Hey, you guys, nice to have you. Anybody else over here? Is it? Yeah, you're in the front row. I'm so sorry front row that was just mean anybody over here you're like it's your it's your first time so anyway because i'm just going to pray a special blessing on the first timer so god we pray a blessing on the the people that are guests today first time just bless them try to make the talk decent <laughs> so that they're not bored and uh we just pray a blessing on the first timers here today and for all of us um give us ears to hear your voice god if it's just me talking it will not be good uh, but if you'll talk to us in our hearts or in our minds or through the scripture, then that'll be super helpful. So talk to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Two reasons to lean into Jesus as a wonderful counselor. First thing I see in the text, Jesus is a wonderful counselor because he gets us. Or if you want to write out to the side, he understands us. Jesus gets us. I almost put like he gets it, this life. In the text, it says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. How many of you have a weakness? Everybody raise your hand, right? We all. So we have this, this high priest, this Jesus who gets us even in our weakness. He's like, I get it. So he's not unable, who is, who is, high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, right? He can empathize with our weakness. And here we go. We have one who has been tempted in every way. Think about that. Think of your temptations, challenge. He's been tempted in every way, just as we are. About 10 days ago, 11 days ago probably, uh, after doing ministry stuff, I went home, and I was going to try to get some exercise in. And can we all agree 
that it gets dark way too fast this time of year. What is up with that? Um, so I got home, and it was already dark, but one of the ways I try to exercise, I go for bike rides, and so it was probably 7 or 8 o'clock. It was already dark. I went out for a bike ride. Now I got flashers on, you know, boom, you've seen the flasher thing. So I got all that, so it's fairly safe. So I'm out on the, some country roads riding, and I'm coming up to this one corner, uh, Car's coming up behind me, so I'm staying off to the side. I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. Anyway, stop. They, they stop, and then I turn, and then they turn the same way. And uh, God bless those young kids. Uh, that's my guess. I mean, it was dark, so I didn't see, but I'm guessing some 18, 20, 23-year-old. Anyway, I go by, and... This young guy gets most of his torso out the window while I'm riding, and he's going to go by. So he's not very far from my face or ear, and he just yells at me, and he yells, blank you, as he drives. He didn't say blank. (laughs) A few of us are so pure, we have no idea. Well, what did he say? Well, he said, he said, bless you. That's not what he said. I said, bless me. Okay. So, did that, of course, you know, it startles me, and I've had some things like that happen before when you're out, you know. People, did you know there are unkind people in our world that do things like that just for fun, apparently? Anyway, can I tell you, we're talking about Jesus can relate to temptations or challenge or things that we've gone through. For the next, I don't know how many minutes or miles while I was riding, you know inside me, man, I'm just churning. I'm having all kinds of revenge thoughts, wishing I was a superhero so that I could, you know, wishing I had like a a motor on my bike so that I could just start it and ride, maybe wings too, so that I could fly and land right on top of that Honda CRV, right on the boom, and then say, oh yeah, well bless you too, and just rip their lips off, and blah, 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 blah. Anybody ever feel that kind of a thing? Yeah. Now here's where I want to go with that. I want to go with, in those In those moments, I'm telling you, Jesus is a wonderful counselor because he gets that, those feelings. Now, some of you think, what? Jesus gets frustration with difficult, mean, bad, sometimes evil situations. He gets these. Someone needs to make this right stuff. Here's a couple verses. Romans 2.5. This addresses a specific group of people, and he says, God says through his word, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. One of these days, folks, God is going to blow a gasket on people that deserve punishment for what they have done. Did you know that? It goes on to say, those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. little side note about the gospel. Part of the reason Jesus came was because he knows into the future, if somebody doesn't bring forgiveness to this world, we are all toast. I'm telling you, that's why he came. Because God, it relates to the, at some point, 
somebody needs some justice to happen. And it's in God. He relates when you and I feel, grrr. He gets it. It makes him a phenomenal person to go to when you're about to blow a gasket. God, you got to help me. What about sadness or depression or anxiety? Jesus gets it. Mark 4.34, the Bible records Jesus saying before he's going to have to go to the cross and die for you and die for me, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He gets it when you have those feelings, when you're struggling with that. He gets it. Been there. By the way, I did a little bit of study on the word in this text because it says going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed. And I just thought that was interesting that he fell to the ground. So I looked up the word in the original language, and guess what it means? <laughs> Y'all know it, it means he fell. To the, but it's because I always imagined him, you know, like kneeling in the Garden of Gethsemane. But it's clear, he, there was so much weight and worry and concern and anxiety that he, what the, by, he literally, like it just down to the ground. How, I'm, I, these are, this is how I imagine him thinking, how am I, gonna, how am I ever going to get through this, God? How am I ever going to, right? He gets it. So whether your deal is anger or greed or lust or family stuff, how many of you have at least a little bit of strangeness in your family? How many of you are the strangeness <laughs> in your family? All right, yes, yeah, good stuff. Good to self-identify those problems we have. <laughs> I was amazed at how many people raised their hand for that. <laughs> Jesus relates. He gets it. Strange. You know, Jesus could have shared to his friends when he was growing up as a teenager. He could have shared, if they were like, oh man, my family's a mess. He could have shared these kind of things. He could have said, yeah, well, my mom was pregnant before she was married. Right? He could have, how about this? He could have shared, this is true. People could have asked him about his father and he would say, well, my biological dad is invisible. <laughs> Think about it. Some people are like, what? No, because Jesus' dad was God. He's the God who's unseen. You can't just see him. This next point is we, just, we don't have a lot of information, but he could have described his stepdad uh, at some point is out of the picture. Joseph, and, and want to honor Joseph, the earthly stepfather of Jesus. Um, but the last record of Joseph in the scripture, Jesus is still a boy, maybe 8, 9, 10, could have been 11, 12-ish, but he was in the temple talking to the uh, teachers of the law. But after that, Joseph is nowhere on the scene. So when Jesus starts his ministry, something happened to Joseph. He's not there. or le I, We don't know what. Maybe he, you know, maybe he, uh, I'm assuming he probably died early. So anyway, Jesus relates to not the perfect family 
situation. And well, you can write this down. Jesus didn't just dip his toe into our world, but fully experienced all things. He gets it. Little Christmas thought. Don't settle for just some cute little snapshot of a baby in a manger this Christmas. Jesus is infinitely more than that. Spent 30 years experiencing this world, everything that we have experienced in, in, in measure. He gets it. And for many of us, he gets all we are plus more. There's one text in Matthew chapter 4, if you want to write that down. It's where Jesus goes out into the wilderness and he's tempted by the devil for 40 days. And we have a tiny little glimpse into what that was, some of the temptations. But 40 days fasting and all his, the purpose, the only thing he was out there doing was taking on the temptations and challenges and messes of the world. He understands and gets the things that we are and have faced. And I want to shift gears here. This is very important. This is one of the reasons he's a wonderful counselor. He not only faced them, but he was victorious in all of those. In the text, it says, he's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. And we all know this, but a reminder if you want good counsel and good advice, go to someone who has navigated the situation you're in and has come out victorious. That's the best advice, is find someone who is succeeding at whatever it is you're walking through. Don't go, I think I can say this, I'm going to, the, don't go to the person who says, oh, I know all about marriage, I've been married seven times, and get counsel from them. Like, that's not, don't, that's not probably the best person to get relationship counsel from. Now, God bless him, but probably not. If you want financial counsel, go to someone who actually has a savings account or has the ability to pay their bills, right? Don't go, are you with me on this? I'm going, I'm going there for a minute. Like, there are some people in our lives that may have a high-volume voice, but their advice we just need to diminish and go, yeah, that's really nice, but no. Like, don't let, just acknowledge you need somebody else to listen. If you want, if you want emotional counsel and wisdom, try to find someone who's not totally heavily medicated just to make it through their day. And I'm not saying that to, to hurt. I'm just saying. Go to someone who knows how to navigate the stuff. That's where... Got awfully quiet in here. But I'm telling you, I'm, in case I'm kind of giving you pastoral permission, with some people around our lives, it's, it's your uncle, and he thinks he knows all about whatever. I'm just giving you permission to just smile and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then when you leave the conversation, just go, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Just go find somebody else. And, of course, for the talk today, go to God. Go to God. Go to the Scripture. That's the best place to go.
You can write this in. Jesus not only knows all situations, but has navigated all situations, and he did it well. He not only knows all situations, he's navigated all situations. So before we move to the next point, I want to make this a little practical. For some of you, this is just a reminder. But for others, if you are just getting to know Jesus Christ or like exploring this God stuff, here's some practical things you might do over the next few weeks. One, just decide you're coming to church for the next three weeks. Just go ahead and decide. We're going to be talking about characteristics of God, the wonderful counselor. So come and you'll get to know who he is, right? The series is Unwrapping Christmas, and we're, today we're wonderful counselor. Next week is mighty God and everlasting, right? Just decide, I'm going to give three weeks, three more weeks to church, try to get to know this God who apparently is supposed to be wonderful. Another thing is, for this series, we have put together, the uh, spiritual development team put together a Bible reading plan. Just decide, I'm just going to read these parts of the Christmas story with 500 other people, and you'll get to know a little bit about God. Finally, there's a newcomers group that just kicked off last week, and Lydia and Matt are leading this, and you may be like, I'll give a couple weeks and sit with other people who are trying to figure out God and church stuff. So if you're interested in that, stop at the Resource Center. Just, and, and you'll get to know more about this wonderful counselor. So Jesus gets us. The second thing we want to hit, need to try to get on this quickly. He also empowers us. He gets us and he empowers us. He doesn't just give us advice, but he also brings his power to the situation. In our text, it says... We may receive mercy and find grace to help us. Doesn't just talk, but he helps us. This word help in the Greek means help. And it, I looked it up. It's, it means assistance. And this took my mind somewhere. It's a technical term of nautical language. So it has something to do with being in the water or out in a boat and it's like oh no we're in a storm maybe and the coast guard comes and helps and so I have a water story for you I was three years old ish may not even have been three my parents for one summer managed a little camp, a little startup campground uh, in Warren Indiana next to a river called the Salamone River and so I have just a few memories of being a little kid and mom and dad doing this campground thing. Part of what we did every once in a while was we would go fishing in the river. And one day, my uncle Bob took me to the river, and which was a little bit away from where our camper would be, where we were camping for the summer, and set me up in a lawn chair. And this, we did this every once in a while, sit there and, and fish. So he takes me out. I have a picture of it. This is me when I was, this, that's a lie. I googled that. That's not me. But it was that kind of a thing. I was just a little guy, and Uncle Bob took me down, set me in, and put me in a lawn chair, and said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to put the, you know, fish, watch the bobber. That was my, watch the bobber. I'm going to go back up to the camp where you sit here and, and watch the bobber and fish. So that, I was, okay, we'll do that. It wasn't uncommon. Um, something else to set the stage. Over here, y'all are in the river. This over here would have been where in my little three-year-old brain, that's where all the bass live. I don't know why, but I pictured under the water 
they're like little neighborhoods. And over there, and I think it was probably because I had seen someone catch a bass from over there. So that's where the bass lived. Right in front of me was where all the crawdads or crayfish lived, little pincher things. And I don't know why I thought that, except for probably I saw someone catch one there. Well, that's where all that. And over here was catfish hole. We called it that. Catfish hole, probably. Whatever. All right? Bob sits me down. Sit there, fish. Watch the bobber. I'm going up to the camper. Great. I don't know whether I threw out the, the fishing line or he did for me, but I'm watching the bobber. It's over here. <gasps> oh, this is where the bass live. You know? But it was a little bit of a current to the river, so it's, okay, not going to catch a bass. Comes in front. I'm a little bit, oh, I hope there's no crawdad. Oh, they got pinchy things. I hope nothing does it here. Gets all the way over here. Oh, catfish, catfish, cat. Long, nothing bit on, and it went because, and then the, the string got tight, and eventually then it started to make its way up toward the bank, and there was a bush to my left, and so what I did, I couldn't see my bobber anymore, which was my job. And so I leaned forward on this old lawn chair to look at the bobber, and that thing spit me out. You know, it was an old fold-up thing, and it, and I went out and fell into the river. So you can take that picture down because it's not really me anyway. Um, and now I'm in the water, and I have some memories of this in the water. And I was smart enough to stand up, so I got my footing one difference, it wasn't a shat, it wasn't a, a grade, this was not a beach. I went from, you know, land to in the water, stood up, got my footing, and have you ever wished you were just a little taller? I was this much too short for the, whatever, three feet of water that I was in. And I still remember off to my right, by the way, I'm just holding my breath. I should have been scared to death, but I wasn't. I just was like, <gasps> and I remember looking off this way going, and, and thinking, and I'm standing there in the water. Now, I'm not afraid I should be, because the reality is I'm in a horrible situation, right? If something doesn't happen, I'm going to be, the, the story's going to be the sad little kid who fell into the river and died last, yesterday, right? That's the reality of my situation. And then my next memory is all around me, something in the water, like, grabs my right arm, jerks me up out of the water, and sets me up on the bank. It was God. No, it wasn't. Wouldn't it be cool, though, Sandy, if it was? Be like, that'd be a great story. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, who it was? Uncle Bob, who was actually quite some distance from where I was, heard the splash, sprinted to the river, saw me. He's a big guy. Reached down in, grabbed my arm, pulled me up out of the water. Now, couple little thoughts. I am so glad that Bob did not just stop at the bank and give me advice. <laughs> you know, well, Mark, seems like you need to learn how to sit correctly in a lawn chair. <laughs> he didn't just give me advice. He also didn't give me swimming lesson advice. He didn't say, you should be really scared and at least flail your arms because you're not doing anything right now and eventually you're going to run out of here and die. He didn't. What did he do? 
He saw the situation, he used the power within him, and he just fixed it. Now, that is a picture of who God is at times. It's what makes Jesus a wonderful counselor. Sometimes he brings advice and wisdom. Other times he has the power to just say, I'm going to fix this. That's the kind of counselor we need because I think we all would agree every once in a while there's a lot of stuff in our life where we go, I'm trying, but I can't get it fixed. And this is not working. And we need someone who, ju- who has the power to either give us the strength or more than that, sometimes he just fixes it. You can write this in. Jesus doesn't just offer wise counsel, but gets involved with real power. I am so, I am so glad for that. All through the scripture, people who were blind and lame and hurting and messed up and hungry, sometimes he taught from mountainsides and other times he just jumped in and he fixed it. I've experienced it in my own life where I was uh, the angry 38-year-old dad dude who, and one morning, he just fixed me. Like, just fixed it. Or when I was having one of my many midlife crises, guys, can we admit we just have them all the time, like you I started having it when I was about 32, and then 32 and a half, and then 33. Anyway, when I was my 40, all of a sudden I was just, I was going through a sad time. I was just, oh gosh, I'm sad. I don't even know why I'm sad. And, and God spoke to me through a time of prayer, and it just like, was then it was, I was okay. I'm grateful for those times when he does that. I'm super grateful for those times he just says, by the way, he doesn't do it all the time. Sometimes he says, I'm going to be with you, and we're going to have to wrestle. But other times, he just brings his power and says, if you want to read a dynamic story, Mark chapter 5, here's the description of a man who definitely needs a wonderful counselor. Look at this. The man lived in the, lived in the tombs. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. That guy needs a counselor, and he needs a great counselor. After an encounter with Jesus, the next description of it, it says, uh, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. After just a little while with Jesus. This guy goes from being a demonic, naked cutter who lives in the cemetery down the street healthy. Hang in there for just a couple more thoughts. Our world at times, I think we do the best we can, but there are situations that will not get fixed without God. We really try. The best thing that the people could offer in the time of this man who lived in the tombs they had gotten to the point where the best thing that they could offer him was we're going to tie we're going to at least tie you up. That's what they were trying to do. 
They just tried, you know, tie, chain him somewhere. But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus came and set him free. I'm grateful for the heart of God. Last fill in the blank. There are situations that will not be fixed without connecting to the Savior of the world. Wonderful counselor. Next week, we're going to talk about mighty God. So we're kind of touching on it now, the power of God. Next week, our, pri our topic is mighty God. Make sure you come. Bring a friend. We could all use more of the power of God in our lives. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.